I'm back. It's been a few days, but I'm in my sewing room. I actually did leave and I came back. Uh, and I'm waiting for Windows to work on an update to my PC, which is really annoying because I have a lot of work to do on my PC today. But hmm, what can you do? I will go put this handy dandy Lyman Reserve, Massachusetts brochure in my son's map in my son's scrapbook. AKA the journal I keep for him. And the reason I write a journal, and it's usually a letter in very often I go a couple of days beforehand or in between writing letters. But the reason I do it is so that um, my son knows that I was there and that I was thinking about him. Like, I know he knows that. I, I know he knows that because I know that I annoy him every time I call him. But I still want him to have something that remind that tells him who I was. It's written in my voice, and this is particularly important to me as a non-custodial parent, um, when I'm no longer around, or when he's old enough to, to pick up and read these things and living on his own. Um, because I want him to know that I was aware and that I was always there. Because I always have been. Much to the chagrin of my ex-husband and his new wife. I'm always around, folks. Speaking of being always around, let's get back to the topic I introduced on Friday afternoon. And I was not waiting for my computer to reboot. Um, holidays. This one's been hard to talk about because there's really no way to get into holidays without getting into a couple of different topics, which is number one, holidays should be worked at at the onset of separation. They should be something that's written in writing and as part of a custody agreement. And absolutely, there should be a custody agreement that has gone through a legal professional, whether or not you can afford that. The reason is that it is a lot harder for people to flout a legal agreement, something with a lawyer standing behind it, uh, and a court even better, but if you can't afford the court, at least do the lawyer thing, and get it signed off on by the other parent than it is to flout something written on the back of a napkin, so to speak. The other thing that comes into play with, with holidays is religion. And I have never, if somebody has found a way to talk about the multitude of religions in this world without talking, without offending somebody uh, uh, who is not of the religion you're speaking of, please let me know. I haven't figured that out yet. So I'm just going to talk in general about holidays and I'm not going to get into any of the semantics of the importance. Um of attending church and, or temple or synagogue on a specific day. Here's what you do with holidays. And it's really simple. And it's one of the things that I have done smart because a lot of this, uh, this podcast and a lot of the mother rogue is about do what I say, not what I have done. Hey, you live, you learn. <laughs> Been playing this game for 14 years, guys. And sometimes it is a game. So celebrate the holiday that you don't have your child because most of us do alternate so you know I have Joey my son for Thanksgiving this year I think maybe um and my ex-husband has him next year or I think maybe maybe it's reversed one of us will figure it out I had my son for Easter this year my ex did not so celebrate the holiday that you the off holiday if you will if you're alternating them either on the visit immediately before or the visit immediately preceding 
um, that holiday. And one of the things that I did with my son when he was a baby, his first Christmas, uh, was I put in place holiday traditions. Um, I'll talk about Christmas cause that's the one that I know the best. Um, we watch a movie. We put out uh, a Christmas movie. We put out cookies for Santa. We have Christmas pajamas. We try to go to to mass, Christmas vigil or midnight mass. Um, and Santa, you know, my son goes to bed and Santa's arrived and there are gifts under the tree the next morning. And we have a Christmas dinner of some sort, usually pancakes with bacon uh, or whatever my son wants. It's his day. And we build a gingerbread something, a gingerbread house um, or a gingerbread tree because occasionally I just don't feel like dealing with all the, you know, the walls of the house caving in around the frosting. So those are my Christmas traditions. And my Easter tradition is, comes from my mother where I hide like a half a dozen Easter eggs. We color them. I hide them and I write out these cool Christmas these cool Christmas, these cool rhymes that, um, hint lead my son to each egg. So there's an egg by his bed and there's a rhyme that gives him a hint as to where to find the next egg and so on and so on and so on. Um, and that's what I do for Easter. And I do those things, whether I have my son on Easter Sunday or whether I have him, uh, the weekend before or the weekend after or two weeks before or two weeks after. I hit it right on the nose of as close as I can to that holiday. Um, if you're in a really good position with your co-parent, you can always ask, hey, look, you know, next week was my regularly scheduled visitation. I'm not going to see Susie. Can I have her the week before? Or can I have Johnny the week after, even though it's not my week? Um, if you would prefer not to do that, then... Don't say a word. Just plan on it. The the visit, the visit before the nearest visit before or after the holiday. Now I know that means that you're not going to temple, synagogue, church, etc. with your child on the day, and that it's very important to do that. But it's more important to give your child a sense of tradition and a sense of faith than it is to celebrate faith on a specific day. Um Kids, the calendar has changed so, so very much in, in modern times alone. And it's impossible to say what day, what exact day we should be celebrating the birth of Christ, uh, Passover, etc., etc. Do the best you can because it's more important to give your child that sense of stability, that sense of tradition and if you're religious if you're faithful like I'm I'm faithful that sense of faith that sense of standing up with a group of people and saying that you believe in whatever higher power you believe in so that covers the big ones the ones that alternate now things like uh, Hanukkah and Christmas you can do uh, what my ex and I do for Christmas which is we never wanted anybody, either one of us. We, we heard too many parents saying, oh, I don't have my child. I don't have Johnny for Christmas this year. I'll give him his presents when I see him. So when my ex and I negotiated Christmas, we agreed, nah, we don't want either of us to have to do that. We don't want 
each other to be alone on Christmas. We broke Christmas up into two holidays. So we have Christmas Eve, which is mine, which goes from the 20, the evening of the 23rd until the evening of the 24th. And Christmas Day, which is my ex-husband's, that goes from the evening of Christmas, of Christmas Eve to Christmas Day. And basically what it means is my son gets two mornings of waking up and looking under two Christmas trees for what Santa brought. And all of the things that I did for my son on Christmas Eve when I was married, when we were a family like that, I do for him now. I do the same thing for Easter. As a matter of fact, funny story, this Easter, uh, kiddo was actually up here for Easter. So I did the Easter rhymes like I always do. And this year, Husband number two and I were sound asleep at 6 a.m. My son walks in to our bedroom and says, the Easter Bunny came and I found the hints. And, uh, you know, the omen, as I call him, who doesn't have kids and never has, is just like, what was that? And I said, welcome to being a parent. I loved it. It was great. Um, but you can still have all of those holiday traditions just because you're not a custodial parent. You just, uh, or even if you are, you you just got to work around, you just got to put your child first and, and work around the specific dates. Um, and also it goes a long way towards you not feeling lonely on that holiday. Our lives are too short to focus on the loss of our children. And it is a loss. Um, I once told my friend Anthony at Sir Lancelot's Castle, uh, dot com. I don't know if it's still out there, but I once told him there are certain losses that you just learn to live around, things you never get over, and losing or giving up custody of your child so that they can go live with someone else, no matter how involved you are in your kid's life, that is a loss that you learn to live around, and it is a loss. There is a hole in your life where your child should be every day, and he is not there. Windows, what are you doing? You're killing me. I got websites to build. It's up to 20%. This is awful. Um, so that's how I handle the big holidays, and that's a great way of doing it. Uh, the smaller ones, Labor Day, Memorial Day. Um, you know what? It's whoever has my son on, on that particular, you know, whatever the regular scheduled visitation is. And we actually alternate Fourth of July, too. Um, but, and doing that, by the way, alternating the, the majors and just celebrating them at the visit before or after nearest around your regular, on your regular visitation is a lot easier than asking someone that you're separated from for good reason, no matter how amicable you are for something. Um, do it on your own and you can tell them about it. My ex and I coordinate Christmas gifts every year, but do it and plan it and just plan it on your normally scheduled visitation. Now, what happens if you're a long distance parent? Well, you can still do that. You can make arrangements to fly in or drive down if it's possible sometime during the month of that particular holiday. Um, but Memorial Day and Labor Day, 
those are not ones, this is just my preference. You can either alternate them or you can decide, you know, whoever's got uh, Alex can have him on that holiday as part of his regular visitation can have him on that, that day. Um, the idea is to make things as simple as uncomplicated and as stable for your children. Once you have a child with someone, you are inexorably tied to them. And if you're not together, as I'm very fond of saying, and you've all heard me say it, you're not together for very good reasons that probably have never been properly resolved because you don't live together. There's no reason to resolve these issues. You don't have an investment in this relationship. So the more you can do independently without asking the other parent of something and then having to go through the frustration of the other parent potentially saying no, the less stress you put your child through. Um, and you're just, you're trying to raise a kid. You're not trying to duke it out with an ex. You're not trying to, to play nice in the sandbox with your, with your ex-partner, although you should be. You're trying to raise a child together. And that's, that child is all that matters. Um, and again, this is the do as I say, not as I do or did, as the case may be. I'm legal guardian, so there really is no residential custody. There's no set visitation. And in my case, my ex and I have a great arrangement. Since I've moved to Massachusetts, there's been very little of, no, you can't see him on this particular day. If I say I'm coming down, that's it. Um, but that's how you handle the majors. Now, the minors, Halloween, Mother's Day, Father's Day, thing, uh, Valentine's Day, um, those types of holidays, St. Patrick's Day, those types of holidays, you can do the same thing. You can celebrate them on the visit before. Or you can celebrate them on the visit after. Um, or you can, you know, put them into the, your into your custody agreement if you want to. I don't, never bothered with that. The only, the only Hallmark holidays, I call them, uh, of the Valentine's, Christmas, Father's Day, Mother's Day. Um, Christmas is not a Hallmark holiday, I said, take that back. Valentine's, St. Pat's, etc. The only holiday, the only one of those that I actually, we actually built into our custody agreement was Mother's Day and Father's Day. And it was agreed upon that I would always have my son on Mother's Day and my ex would always have his son, my son on Father's Day. And that works. Um, and I really, you know, okay, so it's my visitation. I'm not going to see my son on, on Father's Day. Well, it's Father's Day. It's important for him to be, you know, he's going to want to be with his father. That's cool with me. Um, and my ex is pretty much the same way. Now, what happens when you become a long-distance parent is that all of that, now that you've worked out how you're going to do your holidays if you're living locally, gets thrown out the window. And we will talk about that on the break. I'm back. Windows is working on updates. It's up to 22%. This is just not good, folks. Bill Gates, you are the evil antichrist. I'm kidding. I like you, Bill. Please don't destroy my OneDrive, whatever it is. Okay, so moving on. Um, back to uh, 
visitation. And we talked about local. And now we're going to talk about long distance. Because being a long distance parent is really, really hard. As a matter of fact, it sucks. Um, I'm not going to lie. That's what it is. And I know that there are plenty of books out there about custody that say, oh, make the best of it. You're 210 to 2100 miles away from your son or daughter. Embrace your life. Yeah, I haven't embraced my life. I've embraced Miss Tracks ice cream. And wandering mournfully into my son's room on occasion. And by the way, I've been doing this for 14 years. Have I mentioned that? Probably repeatedly. So as a long distance parent, um, one who, if you don't live like I do within four hours where, yeah, I, I can manage to jaunt, you know, I can manage to keep my regular visitation if I want to. I don't. That's a lot of wear and tear to put on my car. Um, but I can easily go down, you know, for a monthly visit immediately before or after a holiday. Um, but if you live further away, then what do you do? Well, it just so happens I have a response to that because uh, back in 2016, I was in recovery from cervical spine surgery and I was off the road for my son's birthday, Easter, Christmas, and uh, Thanksgiving and Halloween. Oof, that was a rough year and that sucked. But anyway, and what I did with uh, Christmas was, and there's a, there's a blog out there I, that I need to refine and post. I shipped it. Literally, I shipped the entire Christmas holiday. Um, I explained to my son that I wasn't going to be there, which is what you do. Here, look, I, I can't make it this year. I will be there next year. Or I, whenever I say I'm not going to be someplace when I'm supposed to be there, and I try to keep that to a minimum, I always give a specific date and time I will be. Um... So with Christmas, I explained to my son, I said, look, I'm recovering from, from spine. I'm recovering from surgery, honey. I can't drive, which is truth. I couldn't, couldn't drive that distance. Um, and I packed, I did all of my Christmas shopping before the surgery and I shipped everything well in advance of, uh, FedEx deadlines and I made sure it all got there about a week before Christmas or two. And then I put big tags on it saying, don't open until September, December 25th. And it worked out brilliantly. I did everything that I typically do. I made a stocking. I made pajamas. I uh, put stocking stuffers in the stocking. I wrapped up all the presents. And... I shipped it directly to my son from the U.S. post office and it was really, really hard on me and it was really hard on him, which is really the focal point of this whole thing, but he got his presence and I spoke to him and I actually FaceTimed him on Christmas and he opened his presents with me. So he had saved them all and on Christmas Eve when he would have ordinarily opened his presents with me. We were on FaceTime and he opened his presents and he showed me each one. So, um, I think he was a little bit younger than and he might have still believed in Santa or something like that. So that was pretty cool. Uh, what was funny about that was that he saved them. They arrived on December 
fifth or sixth or something like that. And he put them in his room and he saved them until Christmas, which I thought was great. So that's how you handle it. If you're not going to be there for the long distance, you use today's fine, you know, advanced technology, video chat capabilities to your advantage. And you can do that over the phone too. You can, um, you know, you can, you can talk to them and, and listen. The important thing is that you're there. And sometimes you just can't be there in person. Now for my son's 18th birthday, oh, and by the way, I did the same thing for Easter, except that I put an Easter basket in a box. I literally got an Easter box with, uh, that annoying, um, you know, uh, grass, cellophane grass, put it in the box. Uh, instead of real Easter eggs, I put candy Easter eggs, you know, plastic ones in the box and everything that I would have put in an Easter basket went in the Easter box and went in the mail and uh, video chat again. My son, do- son opened it and he loved it. So for his birthday this year, I did not go down because I had just been in New Jersey and actually he had spent part of his winter break with me. So, you know, that was February, March, I stayed up here and my son turned 18 in March. And what my ex-husband and I did for that, um, and we did it to get, well, okay, I did it. And I told my ex-husband, guess what we're doing is again, I contacted his teacher and you could do this too. This is just, you know, telling you what I did. So you can contact your child's teacher, you can, or a neighbor that you're, or an old friend, or somebody who, you know, a parent, if there's one still down, you know, grandparent, and you can send them a party in a box. So again, for my son's birthday, we usually get a tablecloth, we bake and decorate a cake together, there's a present, uh, there's pizza, that's his favorite, or Uh, pancakes and bacon uh, whichever he prefers and we do it big balloons streamers the whole nine yards I just do it in my parents you know kitchen and if I were in a hotel room I would I would do it in the hotel hey there's an adventure Uh, but I shipped all of the stuff that I would normally ship that I would normally do with my son down to New Jersey And in my particular instance, I had the benefit of my son being in a special, you know, in a classroom that was small enough and I had enough of a rapport with the teacher that, yes, she put out the tablecloth, she put out the plates. I sent a a game that the kids could play, you know, something like, you know, Where's Waldo on paper and, uh, you know, party favors. I had a really hard time with that because, you know, teenagers, oh, yeesh. could not figure out what to put in those party bags, but I figured it out. And uh, I asked the teacher. It was a smart thing. So my son had all of the same stuff. And I put uh, his his birthday present I shipped down to him directly. But I put a t-shirt in the box too. Because uh, every year he gets a birthday t-shirt. And so I ordered one and I put it in the box. And it said level 18 unlocked. It was a video game thing. So that's, you know, it, it's not the same as being there in person. But the mail, if you're a long-distance parent, the U.S. Postal Service, which does have actually pretty reasonable rates for these things, is your friend. And it allows you to put more of a personal touch on whatever that is. Christmas, Thanksgiving, 
birthdays, um, holidays. It allows you to put more of a personal touch on something than just going out to Amazon and ordering something would. Um, and it works. It's great. It's great for the kids. They, it lets them know, and this is the goal of every non-custodial parent, and hopefully it's the goal of every custodial parent as well. It lets you know that you are invested in your child. It lets your child know that you are there. Maybe you're not there in person, but folks, there are a lot of different ways to be a parent. And no right, no single way, whether it's living with them, living next door to them, staying married for the sake of them, getting divorced for the sake of them, there, there is no single way that is right. Not when you, I mean, there is, obviously, keep them safe, don't, you know, when you cut out all the, the stuff that we don't do, you know, the neglect and the abuse... When, when you come down to being a good parent, there is no right way to do that. There's no 100% correct way. Nobody has this down to a science. So why should you feel guilty? Because you don't have residential custody or you live long, you live far away so that you can have a job or you know, you're entitled to have a life, by the way. You are entitled, if a, if a region of the country is not serving you in some way, or a state in, in all of our 50, or even a country. Hey, Canada's right over the border. Mexico. You have a right to allow yourself to have a life that gives you fulfillment. Yes, that child comes first no matter what. But... You can only be as good to your child as you are to you. So, you know, you have a right to live apart from your child if that's what's best for you and them. And it sucks. It really does. But you can use the U.S. mail. You can call and sing happy birthday. Um... I do that every I do that every 18th every birthday for my son. He hates it, but I do it anyway. It mortifies him. Hey, what's motherhood for? Um, you can do these things, and you you know I'm just going to swing back to this again, and then I'm going to stop harping, and I'm going to go figure out why Windows is only 23% done, or maybe while it's booting, I'll just get on the treadmill and watch Ryan Eggolt in New Amsterdam. Thank you, Sean Cassidy, for not continuing your singing career. And giving me a really, really, really good medical drama uh, to watch. But um, I'm going to come back to this. You have a right to have a life. You have a right to be happy. And while your child comes first, as long as you are putting your child first, as often as you can, as long as you are staying connected to them, because that's really how, as a non-residential custodian or a long-distance custodian, you put, you put your kids first is you stay connected. You never let them think for one second, if you can avoid it, that you are not there for them. They might feel that way anyway, but you know, you do your best and you have a right 
to not feel guilty if you're not there for a holiday and you have a right to be happy celebrating that holiday even if your child isn't with you. And I would caveat that and say as long as you have made sure your child knows that your that, that holiday is important and acknowledge that it is important to them and find a way to celebrate it with them. But I understand that everybody's situation is different and sometimes you do just end up cut off from your kids and there is no way to do that. So that's where the journal that's sitting behind me comes in is for the moments that I can't be there and the moments that you can't be there, the holidays you can't be there, write it. So I did not even get into Halloween. Here's the answer with Halloween. That's the, that's the one coming up. Um, just ask your co-parent if you can go trick-or-treating or with your, your, your kid. And if he said, if they say no, well, then you asked and then you say, Hey, look, you know, you grab your child the week before and you say, show me your costume and you do a makeshift Halloween party trick-or-treating to grandma's house, or you go to trunk or treat, or you go to a Halloween party or host one. So these are all good ways to get away around the Halloween conundrum. And I am up to 23%. I'm going to kill Microsoft. You know, there's nothing more frustrating to a writer than a writer who does not have a computer to write on. Hint, hint. But anyway, (laughs) you don't need to hear about that. It's boring. You are all great parents. You are all amazing. Give yourselves a huge pat on the back. I'm going to give you a round of applause right now just for listening just for paying attention, just for being there every day for your kids. This is a Mother Rogue signing off. Look me up on at ChristinaMR68 on Twitter. I welcome your feedback. Hello, Mother Rogues, Father Rogues, and fellow local and long-distance non-residential parents. This is Chris Miller, your handy-dandy Mother Rogue, coming to you from 30 miles outside of Boston, Massachusetts, where I am now clearing almost a month since I've seen my son in live and in person. And I'm not really planning on on going back to to New Jersey uh, for a bit. I was actually pushing for the end of, um, just pause to type a subject title in. I was actually pushing for the end of October if I can make it that long. And I was planning on staying in New Jersey if I can do that too. Last week, month or so, you know, that that spare bedroom, my son's room has felt really, really empty. And it's almost like, you know, this pang hits me when I go by, when I go into it. Um, I see him every day on FaceTime. I still miss him horrendously. So... I guess this week, uh, speaking of missing our kids horrendously, we are going to talk about um, not diets and not water, but uh, and not fighting with your ex-spouse, parent, partner, slash current fearless co-parent. But we're going to talk about getting through the holidays. We have Yom Kippur coming up. We have uh, Halloween, Thanksgiving, um, Hanukkah, Christmas. New Year's, depending on what you celebrate, how you celebrate it, there's a lot going on in the fall and early winter. And it, 
can be very hard to be a non-residential custodian or a non-custodial parent or uh, local or long distance and not have your kid for all or any of those uh, upcoming uh, holidays, if you will. And yeah, I, I kind of count at this point the, the commercial production that's kind of made out of it, made of it. And plus, I love it. It's my absolute favorite day of the year. Uh, Halloween. I mean, it is a holiday. Technically, the holiday is All Saints Day the, the following day, November 1st. But Halloween really is a holiday. Uh, it's an American thing, by sure. But uh, yeah, it's one of those that that you hate to miss, even if your kids are, are older. And especially if they're younger. So let me go draft 10 slides for a PowerPoint. And I will come back with a discussion of how to get through the fall and early winter holiday season. <laughs>